Hello, I am Eugene Kim, and I welcome you to On Death, the podcast where we talk about death through the four prompts. I am, before I die, I want, when I die, I want, and after I die, I want. This week, we're doing a throwback episode to The Dirty Dozen, this time with Bansi Sabla. Uh, the Dirty Dozen were, were the dozen or so podcasts that I completed um, in this a gestational period before releasing them on iTunes. Um, the, all of them, all the interviews can be found at mnmwod.com or Mobility Mindfulness Work of the Day, mnmwod.com. And um, this this podcast with Bansi, she was a first-year medical student at the time of the recording. She currently is a rising second year, just like myself. Um, I do a, a pretty decent job of introing her uh, during the actual intro of the podcast, which will follow in an unedited format uh, following this intro. And yeah, she's a Jane, she is intelligent, she's young, and a medical student. You'll enjoy this conversation a lot, and the reason why I'm posting this now is because I'm on the road. Um, I didn't really find anybody that worked well for the interview um, over the past couple days on the road. I'm in LA right now, I'm seeing the sun rise over the Rockies and the mountains and today I'll see it set over the Pacific for the first time. It'll be great. And my partner and I were heading to a music festival in Bradley, California called Lightning in a Bottle. I'm working with the Zendo project this weekend. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about that after the fact, um, after I've had a little bit of time to process it because right now I just got the I got the butterflies. I'm so excited. And today's also my birthday. Thank you for the birthday wishes. Woo! Um, and so that's all, all bundled up. That's sort of the reason why we're going back and dipping back into the Dirty Dozen. So this is uh, one of the earlier podcasts, a slightly different, rougher interview style, but it's still a great, great interview. We have a couple interruptions. I did this on my phone. This was done in the GLs of the uh, USF Health Campus, which is uh, sort of like a group learning area, and so lots of activity going around. I think you'll really enjoy this conversation, so sit down, maybe go on a walk, leash your dog, or unleash your dog if they're that kind of dog that doesn't need a leash whatever you want to so enjoy thank you good afternoon welcome to thursdays on death this week we sat down with bansi savla before we talk about that we'll chat a little bit about my long form sunday post this week talked a little bit about rearranged gratification uh instead of delayed gratification a lot of people know delayed gratification as when you sort of stop, when you don't eat the cookie now so you can eat the cookie later or you can eat more cookies later. And while that's a great trait to have, I think it's really tough and not necessarily something you want to be flexing all the time or work. you don't want to be working all the time to be doing all these good things for you in the future. And that's what rearranged gratification is. That is trading like sort of rewarding yourself now for doing something awesome for yourself later. So you feel awesome now and later. It's great. So this week I wrote a lot about uh, rearranged gratification and The Punisher, one of my favorite comic book characters, um, Frank Castle, featured heavily in the second season, a newly released season of Daredevil. And I'm super stoked to watch him in this live action adaptation, but unfortunately I have an exam on Monday, this coming Monday, so I gotta, gotta delay gratification by watching this, by binge watching this Netflix season uh, after Monday. 
And as a reward for myself, I am allowing myself to write about the Punisher for my Long Form Sundays post. So, boom. All sorts of gratification all around. This week, I sat down with Bansi. She is a fellow med student, fellow first-year medical student at USF. Um, she is tiny. She's very little. She's a little person. Um, but she's lovely, and I think relatively quickly um, this year in medical school, I identified her as like, oh, she seems like she's got she's under she's got some of these bigger questions under control. Um, and as I got as I've grown to know her more, yeah, she does. She does. She's young. She's she's got a lot, but she's got a lot more under control. Like a lot more self awareness spiritual or like self-transcendence than I did at her age. She's 22 years old. And um, I think if you know Bunsi, this is a really, really interesting look at her because she's so lovely. She's so positive. She's so happy. She's so bouncy. It's great. And um, it's a great look at a very interesting person. I think you'll, you'll get a lot out of this conversation. We talk a little bit about Jainism. She is uh, she is Jain, and it is a, a a religion that is not very widely known uh, in Western culture, and it originates from uh, India. I think you'll dig it a lot. Um, just understanding her spiritual background and why she and, and how that sort of affects her. And unfortunately, we were a little bit pressed for time in this conversation. Uh, I don't think it shows too much in the quality of the discussion, but, um, you know, every once in a while somebody will uh, kind of come in, interrupt us, not really interrupt us, but, you know, just if there's a third person in the conversation in the podcast. So uh, watch out for that. I think you'll dig this conversation a lot. Um, let Bonsi know how awesome she is and enjoy. <laughs> it is March 22nd. Uh, 2016. I'm sitting here with Bansi's oh, Salva or Savla? Savla. Savla. Um, Savla. And uh, we're going to be talking about death, uh, Thursdays on death, uh, through the four prompts. Bansi, what are the four prompts as best you can remember? I really don't know. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> okay, well, don't worry. I got them down. I think I got them down now. Okay. Um, so I'll just walk you through them. So the first one, the first prompt is I am dot dot dot. How do you how do you fill in the blank? I am. I am. I am part of everything. Um, I think that's a really good way to describe who I am, um, mm -hmm. and kind of how I see myself. Um, I am a part of everything. Part of everything. Yeah. Do you see yourself as? A significant part of everything, a insignificant part of everything, an essential part of everything. Like when you say, ev like, ev what do you mean? Like, what is everything, and what is a part? Okay, um, so I think that you know I'm a big believer in um, in how the spirits are all connected, right? And so how kind of we make these connections with people, we make these connections with objects, with experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and it kind of depends on where you put your energy into. So it's kind of on a gradient in different things. So it's not like I'm a big part of, of one thing or just an, you know, or another thing. It's like, um, it kind of depends on where I'm putting my energy into and it's, it runs on a gradient. So say I expend a lot of emotional energy into one thing, invest a lot of time into that, then, you know, that kind of increases in my, in my mm -hmm. scale. And mm -hmm. then in, in other things, it's like smaller. So, um, it's kind of like, 
how, um, I don't know, the people I might spend my time around and um, just what I spend my time doing. I think those are kind of what make me, me. Mm -hmm. um, I like that because it, it uh, goes along a very similar line where I kind of don't like when people talk about balance or people about balancing things, finding the right balance. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a very static view of what this is supposed to, of what life is like. It sees life as like a scale and like an ounce will tip it too far, another ounce will tip it too far the other direction. And you can never really ever hit perfect balance or if you can, everything's totally static. That's not really what life is like. There's a lot of a lot of things going on, and I like to think of it more as like a dance in within a rhythm. Mm -hmm. And like you said, there are some times where you have to focus a lot on certain things at the expense of others. Um, and there are other times where you can spread that influence out, and that like everything can kind of rise. But then there are other times where you have to focus, and it's not it's like it's like balance, yes, but within imbalance. Like right. you know, like you can't you can't be perfectly spread out because then you're too spread out. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Mm. Yeah, which is why I kind of described it the way I am. So, like, there are little parts of me that are that are kind of embedded in everything that I'm, I'm around. Um, it's kind of like this like sphere of like energy, you know, sphere and of like Bunsy. exactly <laughs> sphere of Bunsy, and it's kind of like ever growing, like a fractal, just kind of reaching out to um, whatever it touches, you know. And so it's kind of like um, a big part of me is kind of watching that sphere and like being mindful of kind of like where is it ebbing and flowing and mm. like who am I kind of bringing into my circle of influence and who am I kind of pushing out and I think that's like that's kind of how I see like the the soul like that's how that's how mm. the soul works um, and I think it has a lot to do with um, how I was raised and like my uh, my religious beliefs mm -hmm. um, I practice Jainism I've always been practicing practicing Jainism since I was a child and um, it's it's a lot about um, like not treading on others. Like it's all about nonviolence, and um, kind of being mindful of, like what you're putting out into the world, and then what you're bringing into your own circle. Um, and so that kind of drives a lot of the, the, the way that I see um, my daily activities, and kind of how that's gonna shape what I'm gonna be in my next life, um, mm -hmm. or like the subsequent lives until you know hopefully we reach nirvana, which is kind of the ultimate goal of Jainism. Mm -hmm. um, so the kind of um, so that's why I wanted to talk to you about this today, and because it kind of was a nice avenue of like describing. You know, people ask me what is Jainism all the time, and I always have such a difficult time um, because it's it's very much at the essence nonviolence. That's kind of the basis of it. Mm -hmm. um, but there's as far as the applicability for daily life, there's just so many teachings and um, so many different things that you can do every day to really live out the the principles, the those jewels of Jainism. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of why what brought me here to talk to you about this today. Uh, where does Jainism originate from? So it originates um, in India. It was uh, 500 BC. Like that was kind of like the textbook time. Mm -hmm. um, it was started by Mahavir Swami. He was um, this. He was just a normal, ordinary human being. You know, just like Jesus Christ was normal human being, or Siddhartha um, for for Buddhism. But to basically, he um, he kind of like started this movement and had you know a bunch of followers who kind of. Um, saw how how gentle he was and um, just how loving and kind um, and so that kind of carried on over time and a lot of it um, stemmed into kind of an, an ethical way of being like a philosophy of living rather than just um, religious tenets and like certain practices um, so yeah, so it's, it's been around for a very, very long time, and um, it parallels a lot of other religions. It parallels parts of Christianity, parts of Judaism. It parallels um, a lot of aspects of Buddhism as mm. well. So. And what does the word Jain 
literally mean? Jane, um, Jane is, is based on soul. So like Jiv, mm. Jiv means the soul, like mm -hmm. Atma and soul, is, uh, they're kind of go hand in hand. And someone who's Jane is um, very conscious of the soul mm. and kind of like the, what happens to it um, in the karmic balance. So um, that's basically what Jainism is. It's mm -hmm. looking, it's really um, being mindful of um, kind of the karma, you know, the good karma, the bad karma of your soul and like kind of what makes that up and what you can do in your life in that current life to um, bring that balance kind of to this neutral, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so, yeah, that's what Jane is in. So you are a part of everything. What else are you? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> that's not the million dollar question. What else am I? I don't know. Um, has anyone ever described themselves as time? No. I'm time. I think I'm. I think that's that's a big part of me. Is time. What does it mean to be time? To be time. Okay. Um, it's like a really abstract way to, yeah, <laughs> to describe myself. But that's kind of it's kind of how I how I do it. Um, mm -hmm. that's which good. is funny because I'm a very like concrete person. If you if you like kind of see the you know the way I am, I'm a very like you know like you look at my my planners and I have like an hour by hour schedule, and then I describe myself in these strange ways. So um, <laughs> I am time. Um, no, it's like there's there's this idea of like time on the human scale like time in terms of hours in terms of seconds in terms of microseconds mm -hmm. in terms of months or years or decades even mm -hmm. and then there is this concept of deep time of uh, of time beyond imagination beyond human imagination mm -hmm. that is the millions of years the billions of years from the big bang to now from the creation of the earth to the first ocean from the first Earth's ocean to the first speck of life like that like are you are you all of those times are you the deep time are you the human scale time are you something totally th a third thing i think here I'm, I'm the human scale time i haven't reached kind of that point where i can be the like you know that omniscient time mm. definition right now i'm kind of this like little piece, you know, like a piece in history, you know, like a little, little chapter, you know, mm -hmm. that's kind of what I am, and like I'm serving this purpose in this one chapter. So I haven't like reached that spiritual level where I can say that, okay, I'm part of all time mm -hmm. um, yet, you know, like maybe a small piece of me is, but in the here and now in this kind of li like human form that I am, mm -hmm. um, I think I'm just this little chapter. Part of everything. Part of everything, mm -hmm. yes. And is, is the time that you are, is it something that can be measured? Or is it something that can that can only be felt? Hmm. Well, that is a really that's a really good way to think of it. Okay, um, <laughs> you'll have to give me a second on that. Because mm -hmm. it's a it's a very easy thing to measure things, but yeah. um, I'm wondering if by time you also almost almost mean like presence or being experiencing all that there is in that time. Like there's there's the time in terms of like. The, the third party abstract right. measurement, but then there's also time in terms of felt time, in terms of like that the time between uh, kisses of a loved one, or you know like those kinds of like that. Yeah. That there's like they're they're both technically time. Okay. But one is more experientially based. I see. So okay. So now um, that's that's actually a really good question because I, my hope is to be more of the experience, like be defined as time in the more experiential aspect versus the measured aspect, because mm. that's kind of the goal. Um, it's, it's very easy to be in this like measured time and, and kind of hour, have, in hour, the hour by, by hour, hour which mm -hmm. is kind of, 
you know, it's, it's rewarded and it keeps you kind of on track, but it's like it, looking at, it, it gets you stuck in the weeds a little mm -hmm. bit. And so I'm kind of working towards drifting to a more experiential time. And it's very difficult to do that, especially with the schedules that we have now. Um, but I don't know, it's like, sometimes you meet people in your life and they help you kind of pull yourself out of that, like hard and fast measurements and kind of help you see the big picture. And um, the more time I'm spending like with those people, um, I feel like I kind of draw away from that kind of like that easy clock type of thing where mm -hmm. you kind of like, it's like an alarm clock, you know, you're like setting this alarm and it's loud and it's obnoxious, and, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, constantly like, okay, now I have to do this and then this and then this. And so um, kind of trying to steer away from that and go towards a more experiential time. Yeah. And the, and, and monotony or routine is so powerful in setting your mind in the hour by hour mindset. Mm -hmm. And, um, over spring break, I did a really, I, I spent uh, a couple days at a music festival mm -hmm. and spent all day hanging out by these slack lines. And it was a beautiful thing, just like, yeah, the day kind of went by fast, but I felt it and I was so happy all day. Wow. And just playing, and just, just playing, messing yeah. around on these slack lines. It was so much fun and watching people, it was great. And it's a, uh, it's like I think it's there's something very very valuable in being pulled away from normal and getting out of those those like hour by hour routines just because <laughs> yeah. it's the only you can't you can't like a fish doesn't know what water tastes like in the water yeah. it has to be pulled out of the water in the air it's like what is this and then it's like oh water's so good yeah and I think life is full of those opportunities for getting pulled out into that exposure like this past weekend actually I went to a music festival as well um, yeah and so I just danced for like five hours I just like just forgot like everything else and I just like let the music move me and didn't think about it um, and it just and it was the most beautiful thing just really being in that moment and and mm. I just hope that like in, in almost everything that I can do I can I can have that level of presence mm. um, and it's it's difficult because we're very easily distracted people mm. <laughs> um, we also have a very filled schedule so it's like it's hard to to maintain that presence because you're thinking about okay what am I gonna do in the next like 45 minutes like I have so many so many things yeah so many tasks but um, it's just, it's a beautiful thing when you can really take yourself out of that because then things happen, you know, you let things in. Mm -hmm. and you, let, you let things in without, um, you know, fighting it, so. And like trying to make it a thing. Right. Uh, rather than just enjoying it as yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what I love about dance so much is yeah. it's a very, I, it's so important for I think the health of a human being yes. beyond beyond survival, like beyond Maslow's like hierarchy of needs, like dance is like very high on the on like your level of needs, but it's so profound. Like I can you you like you see people when they dance, it's like, oh man, you're just you're only thinking about how you look. You're, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like you're you're just so caught up in how do you look compared to other people that you can't enjoy the experience mm -hmm. at all. And you know, like I don't know if you've ever have you ever seen Phil, our class president? Of dance? Yes, I have. He's Amazing! Fantastic. It's it's so it's <laughs> beautiful. Like it, like in in like every sense of the word, it's watching him dance is so beautiful because he doesn't care. Yeah. And by him not caring, it allows other people not to care, and then it just spreads it like spreads, a ball yeah. from there, and it's beautiful. I had that experience this past weekend. I went with Anthony, my boyfriend, and mm -hmm. both of us are very similar in that we just don't 
give a crap. We just <laughs> don't. We just want to have fun, and that's it. And we went into this thing, and no one was dancing. No one was dancing. Mm. Everyone was, like, on their phones or, like, off to the side, like, drinking or socializing, whatever. Um, and then we just got up in there, and the music was, you know, the DJ was right there. Music was blasting. We were just ready to rock and roll. And we just started and didn't stop. And then slowly we kind of felt people coming into our circle. And, mm-hmm. and that energy is, like, it's unbelievable. And it's such a, like, and, like, realizing you're, like, maybe not maybe not causing it, but, like, you're at the center of it. Yeah. It's, like, a very, you're, like, whoa, what, yeah. is, what is this? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's a very every, intoxicating pull. Yeah, every once in a while you're, like, kind of, like, sober up. And you're, like, what is, what is going on right yeah. now? <laughs> and, then, and then you're, like, no, let's get back in. No, let's, let's get keep, back in, yeah. yeah. Like, now the sun's coming on. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, uh, you are time. You are a part of everything. Those <laughs> are two pretty, pretty good ones. Yeah. Is there a third thing that you are? Is there a third thing? Um, I like to think I'm a friend. That's like, mm. <laughs> it's, it's a simple one, but I, I really like to think that I'm a friend. Um, a friend to all. And I, I hope that that's like the energy that I give out. When you say all, what do you mean all? By all? Yeah. Um, to, <laughs> see, this is this is where it gets this is where it gets a little a little confusing because mm-hmm. um, you know in the. It's it's hard to say no to things. It's hard to say no oh, to, for yes. me to like to like toxic relationships or friendships that aren't serving me or um, and so but just the way that I've been raised and like the way that my family is like we're still we're very like forgiving type like we don't write people off for anything and um, we always like kind of see the good um, and sometimes that can come at an expense you know so because mm-hmm. people very easily take advantage of that. Um, and so, but I, I still think it's a beautiful quality to have, um, just is. kind of being a friend to all and, and just seeing, trying to see from other people's perspectives, you know, mm-hmm. like, because there might be someone who, you know, everyone kind of sees as this, like, curmudgeon who, like, doesn't, you know, want to, like, reach out, but then it's like, okay, maybe there's something deeper that, you know, you have to kind of take that time to understand mm-hmm. from their perspective, so. And there um, is value in, in, in yeah. that experience that the that curmudgeon has, like, there is value in that experience, oh, yeah. and, like, being able to pull it out is hard. It's very, very difficult. It yeah. can be very difficult, mm-hmm. but it can be also very rewarding. Absolutely. And it's sort of like a um, while you were talking, I was like the 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 difficulty in saying no. It's so hard. Like I can I can see it in you that you're very like just like let's give everybody a hug. <laughs> <laughs> like you have that. You I've have gotten that way, way better. I've gotten much more selective, mm-hmm. but um, it's it's difficult. It's very difficult, and people. Yeah. It's it's like. The, the, within emergency medicine, it's always, or first responders, it's always responder safety first. And it's not a selfish thing. It's not like, oh, you're, you're like, we want to make sure you're, like, yeah, we want to make sure you're safe. But beyond that, within the type of person that is drawn to be a first responder, there is a tendency to put your safety second. And... That has benefits if you're talking about running into a burning building to save an orphan or something, you know. But it also can create problems where, you know, if you're a first responder and you get hurt, now you've, and you're trying to rescue one person, now you've doubled the people that need help. And you've doubled the amount of resources that need to be put into the situation because you weren't, it's, and it's not like, it's, it's, you gotta be. It's like being aware that like there's there these are there are people that can that when they're drowning they will thrash and they will pull you down out of instinct, not out of malice, but out of pure panic and instinct and understanding like, 
all right, maybe I can't latch on to this person or maybe I need to like sleeper hold them so they stop thrashing <laughs> and, then, and then I can pull them back. But like yeah. understanding like not, not just being a buoy. You're not just an inanimate object that's a buoy for other people to latch on to. Yeah, I, and I think something I've struggled with is like the concept of the, um, the starving baker. Have you ever heard of the starving, no, baker? It's starving it's, baker? So it's, you know, there's Baker, there's a story, and um, basically he had this wonderful, beautiful bakery, but and everyone was drawn to it, and he would just always be making food for other people, and then you could see him whittling away into this mm. little nothing. Um, and it's just kind of like mm -hmm. you have to fight that. It's mm -hmm. so important to fight that because that's, that's not leadership then. It's just mm -hmm. kind of like giving, giving, giving without it, being mindful of, okay, you know, feeding yourself too because you have to be able to feed yourself in that process, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's, and I think that's a beautiful way to look at it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like a tree mm -hmm. will not give you apples all year round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's what I'm saying about mm -hmm. kind of like, yes, you are a part of everything, but you have to kind of... Um, measure how much you're putting into each thing, you know, mm -hmm. or like seeing like what's going into your sphere and what's coming out of it. Mm -hmm. so I guess that's what I meant by that. It is a very important calculus mm -hmm. that not a whole lot of people do, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, so is there a fourth thing that you are, or should we start talking about death? Let's, let's, I'm ready to transition. Right, I think three is a good number. Three, like three is a good number. Yeah, so, yeah you're, you're time. <laughs> you're a part of everything. <laughs> you're a friend. Good, good luck. <laughs> so, Bansi, uh how do you finish the prompt, before I die, I want? Okay. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Give me a moment. Before I die. Before I die, I want time. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Um, but what do you mean by that? Do you want, is it, is death something that you're avoiding? Is it that you're doing a holding pattern until something happens? Is it? No, I just meant I need time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair I'm enough. I'm not afraid of death. Um, I just feel, I feel like I'm, I'm the type of person who will die young. I just kind of see myself in that. And as weird and kind of like dark as that sounds, um, mm -hmm. uh, before I die, I, I don't really want anything. There's nothing that I, that I do want. Um, I guess what I would want um, is just not to want. That's, I think that's, that's, that's like the, I feel like if, mm -hmm. you're, if you're wanting, then that you're not doing it right. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, what I would want is to not want and to be just completely satisfied in the here and now all the time. Mm. And it's hard to do, right? It's always it hard to because you're always doubting, but I think it's just a big part is having faith in, in kind of the moment and like the universe and it's like, okay, like this might feel really shitty right now, but it's probably the best thing that's happening to me right now, you know, mm. for a good reason. So that's what I want before I die is to not want. Mm. I hear you. If there's that whole like, what would you tell your like, like ten year old self? And for me, I don't think I'd tell him anything except it will all be worth it. Yeah. Because it's like anything else would be setting expectations, but just allowing yourself to be and just not want and not like reaching for that next thing all the time. Yeah, I would tell myself just do you, you know, don't worry. Exact right, like. And I, I tell myself that, I have to tell myself that pretty much every day. Like, I have to mm -hmm. wake myself up and be like, Abunsi, like, do not compare yourself to anything. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not, okay, first of all, you're just this tiny little piece of, of nothing, and mm -hmm. you don't have any reason to be comparing yourself because everyone is little tiny little piece. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's just like do you all the time, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the, the mantra. And um, it also um, helps me from like stepping on anything else, like kind of keeps, keeps that whole idea of ahimsa, like the nonviolence. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just, I don't know, does that make any sense or it am does. I just rambling? It does, okay. it does make sense. <laughs> okay. Now, you have mentioned a little bit earlier, and I'm not gonna let it slide, yeah. that you think that you, or you have a feeling that you might die early. Yeah. Die young. Right. Um, is that... So, okay. How old are you? I'm 22. 22. So, I'm 22. Little bit, little bit. Little bit. So, part yeah. of it is, I'm wondering, because I, 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 fe- I have felt strongly on a very similar path, but I'm, I'm wondering, do you see yourself dying before, let me put it this way, what will you leave behind? Will you leave a legacy or will you leave a family or both? I think they're the same thing. You think the same thing? Oh, absolutely, yeah. What do you mean? Family is legacy. You know, it's it's those it's experiences, it's moments, it's memories. Like that, that's all. That's all one and the same. I don't think there's a difference between the legacy and the family. Mm. So do you think? So is it not? Well, then I guess what I'm trying to tease out is: is it important for you to create life yourself, or is it? Or do you want? Or do you, do you want the legacy? Like, do you understand what I'm kind of trying to dig at? I think. Do you mean like something that's more concrete, like a like an idea or like a you know, like a career, like do you mean like a career, an idea, like that kind of thing, as far as leaving a legacy behind? Yeah, or like, or like all the interactions that you have, like a positive influence on the world, or is it, like, is that where you're, is that where you're, because if you're, if you're trying to, if you die young, or if you die before you get old, mm-hmm. it's sort of, it's, it's a quiet implication that, to me at least, from from my lens, um, that it is, a. a you're putting primary focus on leaving a legacy behind rather than leaving blood a blood family legacy behind because mm-hmm. that blood family legacy requires doesn't require presence but in order for let's say like full blooming of that legacy it it would be, be- it, it's best handled if you're there um, whereas if you're talking about a legacy like an, uh, in the ab- more abstract sense not in the blood body sense you are talking about it can be a single act such as like the dude who like didn't crash the boat into uh, didn't crash the plane into the Hudson River like boom legacy made instantly you know what I mean like, mm-hmm. like it can a, like be, a heroic sacrifice exactly like it can be done in like okay. one act and then boom or it can be done in you know being just the most positive person when you pass everybody's really sad but you know do you, you, you understand like that kind of like there's a, there's there it, there's a that. different method, but okay. it's like the blood body legacy is very, very different from the idea of spiritual vibrational legacy that you leave behind, mm-hmm. I, at least in my, in my... I see, I see what you're saying. Okay, okay. Um, that's a really good, that's a, that's a good question. That's I haven't thought that far, like, into know. it. You know, it's hard to think <laughs> that far when you're like, okay, I'm, I'm in the here and now, you know, and mm-hmm. so um, I would, I would say though, more, most, more so the, the spiritual, the spiritual legacy. I think that's... That's just more of a value to me, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that can manifest um, in the family, in, in like a bloodline um, type of idea. But as of now, you know, it's it's definitely more of a spiritual type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and and I, I do I do see like the the positive I do see the benefits of that. Um, 
you know, like really putting an emphasis on that and taking the time to kind of build those, um, just build myself spiritually. I think that's really, really important to do mm-hmm. um, rather than kind of like building my dominion, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I don't think that that's as important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's sort of like you're not like what like along the build the dominion sort of line. It's like you want to be a good person before you become king. You don't yeah. you don't want to be king and then try to become a good right, person. Right, right, absolutely. That is huge. That's huge. It starts at the, at the grassroots, mm-hmm. um, and that doesn't have to be you know like collecting friends or like you know being the most popular or like anything like that. Like that's not that's not the idea. That's not the goal. Mm. So. You want to not want before yes. you die. Yeah. <laughs> is there, is there a, a, something else? No, that's it. That's it? Oh, good, strong answer. Good, strong answer. <laughs> um, so then, let's move on to when you die. Okay. When you die, what do you want? When I die, what do I want? Wow. It was, it's interesting you're asking me this, because um, I, I had a lot of experience with death, um, and when I was in high school, mm-hmm. um, not not personal, like no family deaths or anything like that. Um, I had a cat who died when I was in middle school. I was really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I volunteered at hospice um, very frequently. I spent three mm-hmm. years there, and I was I was there maybe three or four times a week, um, seeing patients. And mm-hmm. it was it was it's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot, and um, all different kinds of personalities. Some people had families. Some people had no one. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I don't know. It's it, it's always the people who um, who didn't feel like they had anything missing. Like, and they they were never the people who you know were big business people or like were had you know robust careers. Some of them were, mm-hmm. um, but that wasn't the kind of underlying theme of those people who were very at peace. It was the people who were very spiritually at peace. Um, the people who felt like they had made the most of kind of their time um, spiritually. Um, you know, no matter what like religion they were in or they were practicing, or um, if even if they didn't have religion, just if they felt like very at ease with like the universe and like or whatever God they believed in, I think that was kind of like the underlying theme of what made them at peace. So um, that's I guess that would be for me too. It's just kind of being at peace with myself. Um, that's all I would really want. Mm. And part of that is not wanting anything throughout. The process, you know, because I think if I'm if I'm always like, craving something, like always wanting more, um, wanting to be better, you know, like it, it, we don't have to be better. You know, there's no there's no reason we should be this kind of abstract better. That doesn't mean anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best, if quote unquote, best way we can kind of exist is to just not, you know, not have that caliber for ourselves. It's, it's not necessary, and it just makes us crazy. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be somebody faster, somebody oh, stronger, yes. somebody smarter. Mm-hmm. Always that. Yeah, but that's not the point, right? Mm-mm. Little baby. There's, there's a baby out in the that's hallway. That's a doctoring preceptor's little kid. Oh, yeah. so cute. So cute. Aww. Sorry, how are you doing time? Oh, we, uh, we, it's, uh, we're at like 42. Oh, great. So we're, we're pretty good. Pretty good. good. Yeah. So let's, let me, let's unpack that just for a little bit. Sure. Because... I've never spent that much time in a, I've never spent any time in a hospice okay. or really around the elderly in in mass I guess like yeah. massive elderly people. Yeah. Um, but like I've never it's but it's I I have this like there's this this idea that I have of um, like what do you what will you do if the apocalypse happens if you're the last person on earth mm-hmm. what will you spend your days doing 
Like, will you read every day? Will you go and work out every day? Will you cook a meal? Will you uh, write poetry? Like, what will you do when nobody will ever know what you're going to do? And nobody cares. And there's nobody to know. And I love that. Oh. I, th I think of it almost like, like what you were describing at the hospice is almost sort of, it's, it's like a shade of that. When everybody is sort of in the hospice, everybody is sort of equalized. Like, sure, you, you can have socioeconomic differences, but everybody's more or less like on the same train. Yeah. And when everybody's equaled out like that, like, it will show in just their actions and how they act, like where they're at in terms of like, have they figured out what is that thing that they want to do? Like, you know, like what are the, like what are those basic level things rather than mm -hmm. the just interpersonal, just like hierarchical basis of things. Oh, okay. So you're saying like, what is the essence of my being basically? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> when, when you level the playing field when nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I found that yet, like knowing exactly what I physically want to be doing all, mm -hmm. all the time. Um, just, I don't know, whatever, whatever is my calling at that moment, you know, at, at that point. And that's kind of how it is now, too. It, it, I, I don't really see myself, like, trying to follow some kind of, like, protocol. Um, or at least I try not to follow any kind of protocol. It's kind of like let the hand of God or universe, whatever, kind of push me into that direction. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of how I would be anyway, um, if it was an apocalyptic time. Like, <laughs> kind of listening to that, like, inner, like, whoever it is talking through me and be like, okay, do that. Mm -hmm. you know? So... And also, I mean, to be, on all, honestly, in all honesty, it's like some people wouldn't, they couldn't thrive in that situation because they, they, a lot of what makes them who they are is interacting with other people. So that apocalypse scenario works really well for me because I'm a very, like, kind of individual, mm -hmm. solitary, mm -hmm. but I can work well with others. Yeah. But the bulk of my work d is done alone. So it's like very, it's, it's all, because I was thinking about it, it's like, I don't know if that's an appropriate uh, for you, like, apocalypse scenario. Like, it is, but it isn't, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, I can resonate with that, absolutely. And I, mm -hmm. and that, that's how I see myself now. Like, you know, I, I invest time in other people, but it, I don't exist because of other people. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, the things that I do, the things that drive me aren't because of what other people, like, you know, because I care for, you know, like, I care for others, but it, they don't drive what I do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. They're, not, they're the audience, but they're not, you're like, they're not they're writing not the conductor, Right, yeah. exactly. One second, Jasmine is poking in. Hello, can Jasmine. I, like, turn on the... Yeah, you can. Of course, do your thing. Yeah, you can. Just having a little conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to, like... <laughs> no, yeah. no, it's all right. It's all right. Do your thing. It's very organic. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> yep. is there another thing that you want when you die? To not... to You want to be at peace? Is there is there anything else? No. <laughs> no? no you want to be at peace? I think it's pretty simple, yeah. I don't know. Have you thought about like how you want to pass? Have you thought about oh, like my ash should be like blown into the wind? No, like, no, like, like the actual things. moment. Oh, of the transition. actual moment. Um, I don't know. Uh, wow, that's that's really that's, that's tough. That moment is because uh, because it's a moment that nobody you have ever talked to has ever experienced. Yeah, it is. We've, we've all experienced the opposite of it, mm -hmm. which is when you wake up for the first time, yeah. but nobody has ever gone to, nobody that you know has ever gone to bed for the last time. And that's a very weird thing. You know, like you don't have anybody else to ask about this stuff. This is really weird to say, but I hope, um, I hope that it's, it's in laughter. I hope I'm laughing. Mm. That's what I really hope. I think that would be really cool, but mm -hmm. to feel that, you know. Because mm. it's, there is something ecstatic about like true deep laughter yeah. and almost 
and almost in that like sort of like high level like spiritual like orgasmic there's something about yeah. it that that is transcendent of self and it's like it's you can hear it when somebody laughs and the other people laugh it spreads and it's 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 this like you know when there's tension in a room you can either relieve it by like laughter or everybody can cry and it's like usually more fun to laugh. I hope it's laughter yeah. you know and I hope that that's kind of how it is like you know it for those like who you know in, in the physical realm who I'm leaving behind I hope that that's how it is too I'd want I'd want laughter I want celebration like dance that's what I would mm, want <laughs> laughing dance yeah I can see that <laughs> I mean both of them are just those like you know physical manifestations of something much deeper mm -hmm. so there's I mean they're altered states of consciousness yeah. where you're not like Bonsi driving to trap driving through traffic you're yeah. Bonsi that is like the Bonsi yeah uh, at least uh, for me it at feels the like core. the Eugene oh, like, yeah. when I'm dancing and laughing and like it's a different Eugene mm -hmm. yeah. oh yeah it's a beautiful thing what about after you die what do you want Oh, well, the hope long-term would be to break that cycle of birth and death and birth and death. Um, but I would hope for another, another adventure, you know? Another adventure? Yeah. Mm. I mean, because that's, that's the idea, right? Reincarnation. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not perfect now, and I, I, don't, I don't think that my next life will be, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to break the cycle right now. That, that takes a lot. That takes a lot more steps. <laughs> um, and then there's kind of this, like, like time cycle, and we have this thing called the Kul Chakra, and there's, like, times of, like, pure happiness and joy at the top and we're kind of at this like low point right now you know according to history um jane history but um you know hopefully over time after the life cycles kind of go up and i get that upward swing at some point i can reach that point uh, where i'm breaking the cycle but for now i just hope for another adventure um you know spreading my my fractals further mm -hmm. <laughs> my spiritual fractals mm -hmm. there's a there's a story um that I forget what it was called. I think it's called the egg, but it's this idea that like there's one. Yeah, it's it's very very similar to Jane thought and reincarnation, where where the at the like there's this one dude he dies and at the end of his life he's talking to, I think what he sees is God and he's having this conversation and he's just realizing that he's lived every single life, at, like he has been every person he was he was every person killed in every genocide he was every every Hitler in the world and like all of that at the same time and like he's getting then at the end of the story he's getting ready for another adventure. He's just like, all right, let's do this. Next chapter, yeah. Yeah. That'd be incredible. Mm. And then by the end of all of that I would like to know, like I, I, I would like to see like all of my lives kind of in sequence like a book, you know? Oh, yeah. I think that would probably be the ultimate gift. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of seeing like how, how I changed and grown and kind of had my falls and my, my upward swings. Kind of remember at the beginning of the year we did that in, um, in Prologue. We had that timeline of like the ups and the downs. I'd like to see that kind of holistically mm -hmm. from, from the beginning of my existence, spiritual existence, to like the very end. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess that's what I would want. It'd be kind of cool to have a little, little souvenir. Yeah, what? What? Wasn't it? <laughs> for the, for the and you're like, scent. you're like, I almost made it here. I almost had <laughs> it. So I was so close. And then I messed it all up. <laughs> Uh. Right, and then and then you know you can smile down and like laugh and, and, and like see like this people you know like in the physical realm kind of making those same mistakes or like mm. doing things better than you did. And I think that's a really cool thing too. Mm. <laughs> Is there anything else you want after you die? I 
think those two things, just like omniscient knowledge, like that's one, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like the ability to like see all the things mm-hmm. ever and be like, okay, this is where all the holes are. Because that's another thing. Right now, you know, we in science, in in spiritual spirituality, like we don't know the ultimate truth, okay? And so um, I want that. That's what I want. I want ultimate truth someday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like, just... Okay, I've been patient. Yeah. Just please tell me everything. Tell me all like, the things. <laughs> show me that magic trick that you just did and break it down like five times. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. So, in uh, in conclusion, yeah. Do you have any final words to the audience? Any less this last bits of wisdom? Anything that you just want to get out that hasn't really quite mm-hmm. been mentioned so far? Any final words? But I really are talking about death. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, advice? Oh, I don't know if I'm really qualified to give advice. It's all right. Um, what do you, or what would you like? What would you say to that younger Bonsi? To the younger Bonsi, it's um, just enjoy the ride. That's it. You know, enjoy the ride. Do you? Because you know that's that's what matters. Solid, yeah. simple, solid. Simple I mean, solid. in line with what you've been saying yeah. so far, right? Good. <laughs> so I think we finished right on time. Awesome! Thank you so much. Ethan. Thank you so much. This very was empowering. this was great. I I was very excited to have you on because I'm like, yeah, I think she's got some stuff. <laughs> I think she think I think she'll be a good guest. And you Thank didn't you. disappoint. It was great, and um, I'm really glad because you know future people that are listening through my phone will will have a, a little bit of a different lens on you. And I think it's a good lens, a very so good too. lens. So thank you very much, Bunsen. Thank Bunce. you. Thank you. This is the Thursdays on deck. <laughs>